What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome to Wise Wizardphrenia Car, a TV guide, a millennials guide through the action TV of yesteryear. I'm Jay McCain. With me, as always, is Aaron. Uh, today, sorry, I my my prep is bad. It's the dice roll and steam troll, <laughs> steam tunnel trolling Gary Gygax faking. <laughs> oh shit! I'm sorry. You actually have a spiel. Go. I'm sorry. Sorry. It, Airprints taking world of the last action hero, wizards and warlocks. How are you, Aaron? I'm doing great. Prison taking. Uh, that's, our, that's our best one yet. <laughs> in these days long past, podcasts were won or lost at the toss of a die or the draw of a card. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, we watched a fan recommended episode of. Um, the greatest American hero, and I'm glad we did. I'm glad we did because this was a lark, hugely entertaining. Uh, a la- it's a laugh riot. Like, and I don't, I don't know if it's intentional or intentional, but or un- unintentional or intentional, but pretty damn funny, especially if you're any kind of role player. I think it's, I think it's intentional. They're they're taking the piss out of the whole. I think th- I think that they're kind of satirizing D and D a little bit, but they're also satirizing what people. Th- thought D was it's a piss take on satanic panic a little bit is it okay there's that there's also they're taking Maybe. the piss on video game i just feel like this is just yes, they uh, are <laughs> this is just a nerd bully culture <laughs> like you kids you, you, you kids nowadays yeah the uh, video game thing didn't go anywhere either now that i think about it that it's like i i don't think you understand how widely accepted it was to just bully nerds well, Back in the pre ninety, well, actually, yeah, like any anything prior to the new millennium, I uh, got, I got it, I got it a bit growing up. Yeah. Bullying nerds was still. Um, I think I think it depends. Accepted. Like, on, I, I think there's still places where it's still probably going down, depending on where yeah. you live. But like in 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 many areas of the country, there this this kind of shit. Well, not only it's not just it's not just that you're it's the bullying. It's just that like Dungeons and Dragons has gone mainstream. You know, it's true. Like I watched... Matt, like Matt Mercer is many things. Uh, voice actor, right. male model, uh, actor, male model. Uh, let's not go he's, crazy. Uh, look, he's a good looking guy. He's he's he, all the people. Honestly, all the people in Critical Role could get it. And that was not the case right. back in the day. It was just a bunch of losers and weirdos playing Dungeons and Dragons. See, I'm bullying. That's that's the bullying coming out. But now it's like it's become mainstream accepted video gaming. It's like imagine bullying someone for playing a video game now- nowadays. That's true. Crazy. I um I watched Dungeons and Dragons in the theater in 1999 as well as in 2023, and uh, I did not go talking about <laughs> the fact that I went and saw the D and D movie. Was this something you're proud about? You wore a trench coat and sunglasses. <laughs> I think. 
Uh, like for your some reason, with a big bowl of popcorn. <laughs> yeah, bowl is something. Um, but also, maybe Dungeons and Dragons has just gotten better. I will say, like mm. the D and D movie is a lot better than the one from '99. That's for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. like the movie's better, and maybe the game's better too. Oh, More I was accessible. Dis- mm-hmm. Streamlined. Um. Not and they make they make jokes about the the difficulty of getting into the source material in this episode of the Greatest American Hero. Boom! I pulled it around. That makes up for my terrible intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I. Um. It's funny because it does work. We were talking about this in our pre-show bantering. It kind of works on both levels as like a clueless just lazy uh jock hollywood writer beat down on dungeons and dragons culture or with like super lazy not bothering to research a damn thing just making shit up just cribbing from the notes of satanic panic and doing whatever uh but also maybe it is like a, a knowing winking representation <laughs> i imagine there's a fair few amount of hollywood writers that are staff writers on on 80s uh action comedy shows or nerds giant fucking sweaty nerds i've seen pictures of these guys back in the day maybe maybe it was their like private joke to get it this wrong i i'm also okay i'm looking this up right now um when this episode came out wizards and warlocks it's like it had to be 86 i think i think that's the thing it's like they are so far off of what it's like to play dungeons and dragons and just mechanics tone uh, getting up out of your chair, uh, just, <laughs> yeah. just uh, uh, the so much is just fucking. I'm like, did you? Could you? Would it kill you guys to have gone and like talked to a person that plays role playing games? But I don't know. Maybe it was a okay. intentional intentional goof. So I have a I have a theory. <clears throat> okay. So this this episode came out in '83, uh, Wizards and Warlocks. In 1982, there was the Tom Hanks movie Mazes and Monsters. Which is about Tom Hanks gets in too deep in a in a Dungeons and Dragons type game. It features steam tunnels. Also, the steam tunnel story comes from like a do you do you know the origin yes. of the steam tunnel yeah, yeah, thing yeah. about the murderers that going through the the was sewer tunnels in L.A. Right, that was the um. Well, the one I'm talking about is like basically there's like this savant kid who was in college at like 15 and had no social life and played D&D and he ultimately killed himself in the steam tunnels beneath his college, right? Is that a true and story? That, yes. And the because media D- No, not because D&D, but the media spun it as like uh, he died his character, his player character right. had died okay. and so he, I, I knew so, the, the vague details of that. I didn't know there was, I thought it was a sewer tunnel and you're saying so it's okay. I see what you're saying. So then in 82, Mazes and Monsters comes out, and then in 83, this episode of Greatest American Hero came out. So either they're just copying the Tom Hanks show, or I think they're maybe taking the piss. Like, they probably, the writers were like, we we play D&Ds. Let's, let's make a uh, an episode about what they think D&D is like. That's plausible, and I like that. I also think there's a there's a huge chance that this is the Hollywood human centipede. 
where the <laughs> like news media yeah. shat right into the movie writer's <laughs> mouth and it, then that yeah. got digested and then they shat the right into the TV writers. Uh, and then the, fr- then, the, then the front guy did a huge line of coke and uh-huh. Wizards and Warlocks. It's, it's yeah. possible because some of the shit is like on point funny. Like right. um, uh, the, the, the complexity of the rules, the fact there's 13 rule books and the kind of like yeah. cult of personality around Gary Gygax and things like that. Like, I, I think they did some things that, like, feels like they were plugged into the culture, but just the actual role-playing game itself is ludicrous, which I'm sure we'll yeah. talk at length. I'm going to continue viewing it through the eyes of satire, because I like it more that way. And also, at the end of the episode, and I'm going to spoil it a little bit, but whatever, it came out in 1983. <laughs> you have plenty of time to watch it if you wanted to. Um, D&D is not the bad guy in this episode. True. The real bad guy are Arabs. And I'm sorry, but that's actually true. Well, no, no, no. Bad Arabs. There's the bad also good Arabs. Ar- yeah, there are the good Arabs that wear the white um, um, the white, the white, the kef- whatever you call that. Yeah, and the kef- then the yes. bad guys wear the black <laughs> version uh, of it. So. Yeah, they're like uh, camel boys. You know, like cowboys <laughs> with the black and white hats, except for they at the kefias. Kefias. Okay. I had to watch that because I'm like, wow, I'm really close to it. Because a couple times just taking the notes of what was being said, I'm like, I'm very uncomfortably close to like racial slurring. Just <laughs> copying what's coming out of Bill's mouth. Like he comes right to the edge of there's there's the mm. word towel and the <laughs> word head, and they're adjacent to each other in a sentence, but they're not connected. And that's like what, but like, whoo. It was some sweat, sweaty, sweaty stuff there. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> overall, a delightful episode. Um, really enjoyed it. Can Can I ask you something in terms of like I know we'll get to the the grade letter improvement at the end of the podcast, but um, were there are some things I was shocked by because I I hit the eject seat on this series almost immediately in seas. I gave it a couple episodes past the pilot, but it, this was pretty ridiculous. I was under the impression that in later seasons, he started mastering the suit and he was more of oh. like, yeah, I mean, every once in a while he'd fuck up, especially when he gets new powers. Like apparently he's learned how to teleport and yeah. like, stuff like that. Yeah. But like, I thought he started to get a little bit more mastery of some of the aspects, but like, I'll be damned. He still gets caught up in his fucking cape and dashes through the ground. <laughs> yeah. He still doesn't look cool blocking bullets. No, uh, he still yeah has a major spaz out every time he needs to block the bullets. He's got telekin. Well, I guess it's like maybe they're sh- they're sh- selling the terror of the fact that like oh my god, if my exposed skin gets hit by a bullet, uh, I could right. die because I'm right. not I'm not super yeah. strong. It's it's the suit, right? But uh, uh I, no, I was shocked I'm... at how uncool he remained. I think I cannot I can't imagine him being anything but a giant dweeb the whole time because that's part of the show. That's his character. He's he's kind True. of a he's a dorky loser guy and you love him. Although for it's it. funny how he was he was kind of like tending to bully the younger nerds. And like I, I actually I he thought was. His, yeah. his wife came off like a real sweetheart in this episode. She's the one like took an interest, actually is like, you know what, there's oh, something yeah. cool to this. And always, every time he's starting to talk about, ah, oh, kids these days, they're just sitting around skulls and candles, which, <laughs> fair point if they were, but, like, him be like, and she's like, I don't know, honey, was you you with your Marx Brothers festivals? Right. yeah. Which, that wasn't cool in the, the late 60s, early 70s, so, like, yeah, 
who, who pot kettle you're black situation <laughs> yeah he's uh he's definitely out of it it is funny he's like i feel so old i was and i was just at this very same college campus six years ago it's like okay so you're what 27 like <laughs> he is shockingly so, young right or yeah. was we doing the math wrong I just think um seventy uh, like twenty seven in the seventies is like forty five in the year twenty twenty three. He actually say seven years ago though. I think I think he said six years ago. I, Se- oh my god, he's acting like he's an old fucking man. <laughs> he's not even into yeah. his thirties yet. No, I don't think so. <clears throat> Jesus, no one put a gun to your head and told you to settle down with Pam, dude. Although you'd be a fool not to, from what I've seen. Oh. Yeah, for sure. Episodes, but uh, plus he could always, you know, just have a spaz attack and block the bullet if someone put a gun to his head. True. Let's get to the true. synopsis, shall we? As always, I am entrusting you. Uh, we open with a members-only jacket, a skull and candle, a lightning star fez, four <laughs> people sitting deathly serious around a, a, a table. Uh, some dork enters the room. And says, I think I was followed. And he pulls out a giant dice bag. Which I'm like, holy shit. They're going to have some monster dice here. There's no dice. It's a monster, monster sand clock. Oh, yeah. Like days of our lives, sand clock. Uh He pulls out (laughs) this fucking black velvet dice bag. uh, Because this is very loosely based on Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, yeah, this is so this they, they introduced those basic concepts of the games. You want to just kind of have a conversation about that or. Right. Yeah. Everyone's assigned their their roles, um, which seem to be like semi issued randomly, but also not. Oh, there's hand holding, too. I've decided next time I play Dungeons and Dragons, you, you I need, need to, to get open, more hand holding. You need to open with a, essentially a Dungeon Master's Prayer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to come up with a canonical Dungeon Master's Prayer. <laughs> Um, but yeah, everyone's issued their roles through kind of the drawing of tarot cards. That does seem to be like the replacement for dice is tarot cards, which yeah, is they, cooler. They reference dice, but they don't. Uh, uh, they don't do anything with it. Um, there's kind of a, a semi-famous person here, uh, David Paymer. Do you re- do you recognize this guy? No, but we'll He's get like... another fam- famous person later on. Yeah, he's uh, some stuff he's been in lately, like the Marvelous Miss Maisel. He was in uh, Get Shorty. Um, he's kind of plays like a nerdy, creepy dude in, in most of the stuff. He's <laughs> nice. that guy right there, the one who's the gatekeeper. Right. Um, and the, but yeah. the gatekeeper is uh, rather disappointed with his role. Yeah, it seems like there's some gay, like searchers, like the, you know, there's, there's, uh, um, the searchers get to actually play. Yeah, but they're like neutral. The the pretty boy. And that's the other thing. It's like, okay, let's talk about this. They asked central casting for weirdos and dorks. <laughs> uh-huh. Fair enough for the era. What the fuck is this hot blonde doing in the group? Yeah, there's some there's some cuties in this episode who do not belong. Like these guys. This is like, is this revenge of the nerds? Because yeah, like these fucking absolute bottom feeding no hygiene having <laughs> D&D tabletop nerds are wow. rolling with like hot girls all throughout the yeah. episode like they're they're crowding around the arcade ooh yeah. and on they're impressed with the arcade skills though so yeah. obviously yeah. 
We should have we should have kept the point fit like a tallies and like uh, uh, evidence that the writers are huge fucking nerds mm. and this is all a joke versus evidence that the writers are all jocks punching down on the nerds. And I say me. that the nerds rolling with the hotties is a strong piece of evidence in <laughs> nerd right. writer theory. Yes, yes, <laughs> I agree. Also, I I think they judged it up a little bit. Like, I I I feel like if this was written by the like jock writers, they would they would keep the dice because it's less cool than the than the tarot cards, you know. Yeah, the tarot cards and the sand clock are threatening to be like you could you could pick up some goth witches with that kind of gear. And they had a fucking like a full on like what, how do you pronounce it? I swear I've only seen it read like Bahamut, the goat. Yeah, uh-huh. like the pagan goat thing, like hanging in the uh, background. Yeah, ba- I've always I always thought it was Baphomet, but like I, I don't know no that idea. I've pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't hear Baphomet much in Mooresville in the Kingdom Hall of Jehovah's no. Witnesses. Nah. I thought, well, actually, I would have thought that's where you would hear it, but like unironically, like nah, this more is like uh, old Babylonian gods, false gods, Canaanite oh. false gods, a lot of Baal, a lot of oh, yeah, Baal. But, uh, we pronounce it Baal because we're dumb fucks, but yeah, Baal, ba- Baal worship. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how it's supposed Baal. to Baal, um, but yeah, there's was uh, he the original D studs like Baal in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Dragging these balls across your... Uh, <laughs> so they they deal members only, Jack, at the Urchin. And, ooh, uh-huh. he likes the Urchin. He's excited yes. about the Urchin. And the Game Master, which they, call, which they call the uh, um, uh, the Timekeeper? The Keeper of Time? I forget exactly what his, uh, his, his exact um, uh, the role in the game is. But he says, uh, if you succeed in evading the searchers, you will advance to first level necromancer mm. failure and you will be busted down to apprentice warlock. <laughs> and then he tells the searchers, beware the dark forces that gather over this urchin. And he asks him to draw a destiny card. And right. ironically, he draws the card that says destiny, <laughs> destiny. from the destiny deck. <laughs> oh, this one's supposed to be face up to indicate that this is a destiny deck. My bad. Uh, (laughs) um so that that causes members only jacket to skulk off the urchin uh but then we find that he's surveilled by some sort of evil sheik and you can tell he's evil (laughs) because he says i hope you do a better job kidnapping the boy than you did on the multiple attempts on his father's (laughs) life and he's where they're all wearing black kefias and uh yeah, and they're in a they're in a they're in a jet black limo. Right. Uh, <laughs> Very subtle. Nothing if not subtle. His men are chastened by this admonition they're getting, and they hustle after members only jacket. Uh, turns out he's some kind of Arab prince, Prince mm-hmm. Aha. And uh, members only jacket and Prince Aha is resourceful. He tips over a shelf in some kind of maintenance building, alerting security distracting yeah. the evil sheiks and giving him a chance to slip into the underground steam pipe corridors. Preferred place to uh, hang out and have su- suicidal ideation, apparently, as a role player <laughs> in the 80s. Yeah. Um, unreal. Yeah. Unrelated to the role playing, but indeed. And uh, what, again, like, we can't possibly pick out all the ways that this is not Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> but I do love that there, there. This this game exists in a meta game. It's, I guess it's yeah. almost like Adventures League, where it's like wherever you're at in your home group, 
also represents your rank to the rest of the players in the world, including mm. Gary Gygax, who's out there as a wizard. Yeah, there's like a, a worldwide a hierarchy that's maintained right. or something. Yeah, yeah like, like how, what's keeping people from spoofing that? I wonder if it's ran like a Masonic Lodge where it's like there are all these signifiers <laughs> and hidden shakes and you're only I mean, I guess it's the honor system, but like you're you're get you're counting on the people who are a higher level than you to want to maintain that mystique and not just give that secret away to the lower level players. But right. there's so much fucking ritual. Like every time they see each other, they, they bow and they do this hand sign and they have salutes and handshakes. I, there, there's definitely some shit being exchanged. It seems so fun. Yeah, it seems yeah, way it's fun. It's a literal LARP. Yeah, it is a LARP. Role play. Have you ever LARPed? So, I haven't. I have not. I mean, I, I, I fucking play Airsoft. That's very much LARPing. <laughs> I mean, you're th- down to throwing, like, kind of fake grenades at each other. It's. I was invited into a uh, White Wolf LARP, but, man. Oh, Jesus. You'd have got mad laid, dude. Werewolves. <laughs> I hear those Probably, groups are so slutty. but werewolves and vampires are not my thing. Yeah, that's not my thing. That's the thing. You'd have to you'd have to score with people who think the werewolves and vampires. Are cool. <laughs> I also worked at the bar. There's high chance the time, that uh, so, your girlfriend yeah. would want to wear a vial of your blood around her neck. Uh huh. As they and, say, uh, as they say in a certain social club I used to be part of, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. <laughs> We'll be back to talk more about why is Mr. Feeney a car after this quick break. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now we're back with more. Why is Mr. Feeney a car? So the head time geek dispatches the searchers <laughs> and reminds. Geek. So so also the the gatekeeper for no fucking reason this is wearing show. the world's most ridiculous yes. hat. He's got Joseph and the amazing Technicolor fucking I don't know <laughs> peasant hat on. Yeah. And the time the time master says uh he he reminds him of the urgency of guarding the urchin. Right. Yeah. So, so I guess if the searchers if the searchers find the the urchin they win and apparently I guess they level up um mm-hmm. and then uh, I will the will the gatekeeper level up for a victory here I wonder. Like if, he, if he successfully protects the, the urchin, yeah. probably. It's interesting mechanic to set the group against each other. There's like adversarial <laughs> yeah. uh, antagonist-protagonist relationships within the, the group dynamic. The timekeeper doesn't seem to be doing much after he just kind of sets them out on their merry way. True. He's like, uh, well, I mean, he's he's put in the work. You know, he's like, yeah, yeah, level, okay. he's like third level wizard or whatever. 
Sure. So we meet the Arab king of fictional country Sugali. Yeah, I think so. I did a search and I found some like references to like a Nepalese town or whatever, but like you know, it's like yeah, they're they're they're, they're that sounds foreign is uh, yeah. what what this is. Right. And he's at the FBI field office in L.A. and he's requesting to speak to Agent Maxwell. Do you have any theories about why Agent Maxwell is is famous? I was just kind of thinking that he seems to have done pretty well for himself in his career, but. Um, I mean, probably he's solving a lot of cases because he's best friends with the guy with an alien suit. Yeah, and it, is that not public knowledge? So, like, he just seems oh. like he's a super cop? Yeah, I think he just gets the benefit of the doubt that he's a you super cop. You think that, like, after the vast majority of his callers are saying, this guy in a red suit with a silver cape <laughs> came in, he's bulletproof, and he kicked their ass, and, like, maybe if that happens once or twice, like, okay, these guys are tweaking. But literally... <laughs> We're 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 at like okay. There's 24 episodes a season. 40. Do you <laughs> yeah. have 50 t- instances of this happening and no one's suspicious? Well, they're so subtle about it. <laughs> yeah. Or and also, if you think that they knew about it, the this sultan, this uh, this king, this Arab king would be asking for the the superhero, not his his FBI sidekick. So apparently, that's all hush hush. <laughs> that would be funny. It's like no, 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 not you, not this guy. Yeah. We need your friend. <laughs> you know the well, one the with the alien also- suit. There's been zero character development, this guy. He's still a sexist, misogynist, racist pig. He still drinks uh-huh. way too much. His de- his supervisor is openly embarrassed at his working conditions and his just, like, kind of general manner. Uh, he is funny, though, I gotta say. He is funny. I, I Not when he's being him. racist and sexist and all that stuff, but, like, he's just, uh, I don't That's know, he's fun. a son of a bitch. He reminds me of my dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, I will say my dad is a little sexist, but I don't think my dad's racist. Or any more oh, racist than good. you have a seven-year-old white guy anyway. <laughs> right. That's pretty racist. Never mind. I retract it. Um, <laughs> so he explains that his son, Prince Aha, has been missing for 24 hours. And he gives him a giant bowl of fruit to seal the deal and says, I got this evil Sheik Omar who's a revolutionary fanatic in my country. He's tried to, uh, he's tried to overthrow my, my despotic regime. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm backed by the U.S. and I'm dug in like a tick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I need my son back because he can't. I, I don't don't want him to have any uh, le- uh, leverage. <laughs> Bill is like, well, you know, he's only going to be out for twenty four hours. Uh, how do you yeah. know he's not drinking with the hottie? I mean, have yeah. you seen? Oh, have you God. seen these coeds nowadays? Yeah. I think he even said like this year's edition of coeds. Like, oh, he's referring to like when Playboy. Yeah. Do sp- oh Jesus! Oh my God! The 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 lech, yeah, the lechery that this hey. guy has in his eyes. He's and no more credit, lecherous than an old white man. And to baseline, Ugh. so it was pretty lecherous. Uh, and and the, his to his credit, his supervisor is super embarrassed, and he redirects to talk about Interpol or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. And then, oh my God! As these guys walk out, he says "Sim Salabim," Sim Salabim, which is a reference to Johnny Quest friend Haji. Oh my God! Which I think is a Hindu, just uh-huh. because he wears a tur. I know he's actually a Sikh because he wears a turban, so he's just like willfully confusing the cultures because you know. I did not catch that one. Good catch. Yeah. I Good was catch. This, is, this is the Gen X. I actually remember watching Johnny Quest <laughs> as a kid, as a, you know. But um, yeah. Uh, 
So you, as you mentioned, this is Ralph's old alma mater, right? This is the college yes. he went to just six uh-huh. years ago. Yeah, and, right. Uh, he, Pam, and Bill are all discussing investigation. Pam, fi- Pam seems to be the one that does all the work here, all the oh, brain yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, she says, "I found the people, the the friends, of the missing person hang out in a game room." Uh, they talk about missing their youth, like Ralph missing the marches and the peace demonstrations. What? What fucking <laughs> marches and peace demonstrations were going down in 1976? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it would have been a little bit late, but um... yeah, I, I don't think you're marching and demonstrating shit, dude. Like, could it could it could have used that bulletproof uh, alien suit back when I was going to school at Kent State? <laughs> could have done a lot of good. What yeah, really no, helped. He, the, the, the show should have gone with him being 37 because I did. So would have made a hell of a lot more sense. But, um, and then when he, he, so he's talking the one way and Bill's got to go like, ah, well, I went to college in fucking Korea. Korea. Yeah. Where I learned they, patriotism, honor yeah. and more racism. So they gave us degrees in having balls. <laughs> uh, Ralph says, look, please don't badge these people. If you start throwing your FBI dick around, all these kids are going to run for the hills. I know how to handle them. He goes in the game room, and everyone is enthralled with this guy playing, I guess, a video game version of Wizards and Warlocks. This, this Gary guy. Is Gygax that what is, you think it was? They, they, he says it. He okay. says it's, I mean, the thing is, is the, it's clearly a Tempest arcade box. Like, they don't, even, they don't even bother changing the side graphics. But they several times say it's Wizards and okay. Warlocks. So there's a, there's a video game version of it. He's a savvy businessman. Apparently, more savvy than the actual Gary Gygax. Yeah, yeah. Should have shouldn't have got in bed with TSR. <laughs> uh, and the kids. So so um, Ralph tries to get in there and have a conversation with them, but they're kids and they're playing video games. So they just ignore the yeah. old man. He leans over the cabinet and pulls out his the collar of his his uniform. Oh right, yeah. Uh, apparently, this alien suit can be blocked by a uh, lightweight <laughs> layer of cotton. But he, but he pulls his collar out so the suit pokes through and it it distorts the game and causes the guy to die. Uh, well, they don't have polyester in outer space, I guess. True. So. Yeah, there's it no interferes. way it's cotton. It's, it's, it's yeah, uh, he, polyester. He has... The suit apparently gave him the power to like disrupt electronics or something. It has to be that because it... And it interferes with the video game just enough to kill the guy when he's on a big streak. Like, that's just rude. Yeah, that's some well. shit, man. That's some shit. Um, so he uh, he asks him, he says, hey, you really get this pinball. He's like, pinball? <laughs> this is Wizards and Warlocks. And turns out he's the big man on campus when it comes to all this nerd shit. <laughs> so they take him and say, hey, we're looking for Prince Aha. And this guy decides to stay in character as Keeper of the Clock because he thinks... This These are members of faculty that uh-huh. are trying to deceitfully use their prestige positions to get information they're not entitled to. They're gaming the system. Right. Because we do learn that there are faculty members who play the game. And they're not, in, they're not in goblin territory, so trolls are allowed to be deceitful. True. So the, oh my. the staff could be trolls right now. Is this where they got... Did Greatest American Hero create the, the term the troll? Trolling? No way. No, There's it no can't way. possibly be. There's no fucking way. But it's, it's got to be adjacent to this, right? It's got to be adjacent early. to D&D and troll culture. It's got to be. We'll find out that, like, in the Canterbury Tales, it's like, 
like the dastardly troll you two were deceiving like it goes back to like mid yeah. actual middle ages or something way back if you know and we yes. care to do or, or care to do research send that in to feeny at baldmove.com because we would like to know and we if you are too lazy would like to research it <laughs> to embark on a quest you two can approach enough experience points to become a level one rock gnome <laughs> You could be an exalted pod listener. <laughs> um, so yeah, you uh, they're, 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 so he goes and gets his fez on and starts asking him all this nerd shit and Bill <laughs> gets pissed and whips out his badge, which sobers them up uh, and calls him nerdly and curly and says he's both going to bust him. He's going to bust both of them down to a half gram cracker if they don't start talking English right now. So uh, I don't boys get it. A half gram cracker? Oh, because because we're talking half elf. Because half elf is a yeah is a, a, a level a rank. And he yes. has no idea what the fuck they're talking about. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, and the, so they're they're very confused by all this, and the boys explain the whole confusion over to faculty. And one of I think it's Ralph says, "Do you guys have any some sort of rules to play this game?" And he goes, "Are you for real? There's thirteen <laughs> volumes. There's." armor classes and heroic classes and and he starts list, listing the monster manual and the equipment and he just starts listing all these things um and uh ralph says oh right is wizards of war i know everyone at my high school is playing this it's like a board right. game you take to the streets which again that's, that's not how any of this stuff works uh, but hang on one second sorry i'll be right back he's getting up i'm getting up uh nothing Sorry. I've been sitting here this whole time waiting for you. Yep, yep, I'm sure. Uh, uh where were we? So so Bill Bill comes back with us oh, is a wonderful way for grown-ups to play cuz he's, you know, he's a boomer. He's literally a boomer. And he doesn't understand the uh, concept <laughs> of having He doesn't understand how the the concept of having fun as an adult, which is why he's a bitter drunk. Well, that is fun. That's his version of fun, though. Drinking bitterly? Being, yeah. They taught him that in Korea, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Bitter alcohol and bitter personality. Uh, So the timekeeper tries in vain to explain the appeal of role-playing, and it's like, he's like, oh, it improves confidence in your problem-solving, and uh, that's (laughs) like, eh, that's not why he plays. That's all bullshit. That's what you tell your parents, right? Uh That's, That's... that's in the first chapter of role playing. So when your parents <laughs> pick it up, it seems like it's something. But like the reason you play tabletop is just laughs and hanging out with your friends. Ninety percent of it's just just mm-hmm. just hanging out with your buddies and 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 having some laughs. Uh, Omar's men bust out of the timekeeper's dorm as he's uh, inviting them inside, and they kidnap him and just completely bully past our group. Exchange yeah. gunfire. Yeah. Yeah. Which is how you know it's an American university. True, an American school. Gunfire exchanges in dormitory. dormitory. Um, And a wild Bob Saget shows out of nowhere. Out of freaking nowhere. He's like 20 years old, and he's making time with a girl, and Uh he's a level two rook, and he's just the biggest fucking nerd. It's pretty glorious. He's going to be Danny Tanner in about (laughs) four years from now. And it's funny because uh, 
I saw it and I was like, is that Bob Saget? No, it can't possibly be. And then someone who was also watching the show in the stream was like, nope, that just looked it up. That's literally Bob, Bob Saget. Saget. Yep. Rest in peace, homie. Uh, Omar's men are forced to retreat down the uh, hall as Bill returns. Warm fire. Ralph whips off his suit, exposing his super suit, and jumps out of the window and again promptly gets tied up in his cape and crashes into the group of students. I, like, I, ha, has he tried it without the cape? <laughs> like, yeah. Do you need or, the cape? Can you alter the cape? Can you make it more of like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a Captain Marvel style kind of half cape? Yeah, it does uh, seem to be a big problem. It does seem to be a big problem. Uh, so Bill Vince about the investigation and how it turns out the kid's not even kidnapped. He's just playing hide and seek. Although, I mean, you just did exchange gunfire with the evil sheets. Like, it's like, there are crimes being committed here, Bill. This isn't like a waste of your fucking time. Okay? You're lucky. You're lucky the kid is playing hide and seek when they tried to pinch him, or he'd just be an unsolvable missing persons case. Yeah, you just watched him. You watched a kidnapping. <laughs> you right, know that the right. guy's missing. Right, but he doesn't care about that. He just cares about the prince. Oh my god, that's kind of true. <laughs> they don't pay me to rescue that dork. They pay me to rescue the prince. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the I'm working for the. Uh, yeah, he's working for the State Department this episode. Mm. So, um. Even Ralph starts bullying the nerds, and Pam comes in and busts his ass about those Marks Film Festivals. Um, yeah, right. And I and I'm I am very impressed with Pam. She's very game. She's cracking the manuals open. She's trying to figure yeah. out how to play the game, relate to these kids. No, she she rules. Um, Ralph realizes they still are not. They they can't wait for Pam to catch up. They need a translator, so they sweat Bob Saget on how to find <laughs> a game and how to find Prince. Aha, uh-huh. and turns out Bob Saget's a rook, and he can't tell him anything, or the timekeeper will bust him down a level. So, right. And he, he's the, the game is compartmentalized in his knowledge. He's a low level. He doesn't know the high level shit. So, uh huh. It's like, um, it's like terrorist cells where it's like you only know, <laughs> you don't know the other terrorist cells. Right. You only Kinda know. You need to know. Like the guy directly above you and the guy directly below you. Besides that, you don't because so you yeah. can't rat anyone out. Right. Um. So uh, he says only our timekeeper Joey Margolis would know. Or he says offhand, Wizard of the Fifth Ring Norman right. Fackler. Right. Who would uh, know everything about this localized game that's going on right now? I think this is essentially a broad. Uh, caricature of Gary Gygax. Yeah. Oh, Did you get yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Did you know that Gary Gygax was a Jehovah's Witness? I think I did hear that. I found that, that out about five years ago, and it I cannot tell you how much it rocked my world. <laughs> that is really bizarre, because Dungeons and Dragons is hated by Jehovah's Witnesses. They were literally seen as the tools of the devil. Like, on, <laughs> I, I was more... Like, my mom destroyed so many Metallica albums that she found that she would have burnt that shit out at the burn barrel. So yeah, like it's just like, I cannot believe this man is a Jehovah's Witness. It's that's insane. That's funny. He also founded Gen Con. See, that's the thing. True. That's the thing. If you want to, that's some next level Jehovah's Witness rebellion. You invent an entirely new <laughs> classification of leisure pastime that's never existed before. So like when you get into it, the elders can't be like, you can't fucking... 
that's a rated R movie you can't watch. That's a pack of cigarettes. It's just like, <laughs> hey, what are you doing? I'm inventing a, I'm inventing a <laughs> fantasy world inside my head. Mm. Oh boy, I'm going to I'm gonna have to see thing. some of the illustrations in your books before I know if it's I'm angry about that or not. You know, that's that's some fucking next level shit he's pulling. That's hilarious. By the way, your mom did you a favor burning those metallic albums. Uh, you know, uh, angry 14-year-old me uh, has uh, <laughs> a hard time seeing it that way. Fair, fair um, enough, fair enough. But, uh, <laughs> so they go to Gar- the, the Gary Gygax's office, and he's all excited about uh, his publicist getting a Wizards and Warlocks national tournament set up. And he also tries to beg off the FBI agent because he's got to meet his publisher. They're, they're, they're releasing Wizards and Warlocks in 10 more countries. And so I'd have to explain the whole situation of missing Prince, which he reluctantly, because he's like, oh my God, someone got kidnapped in connection with my game. I can't take right. this kind of it's satanic publicity. Right. Yeah. So, which feels that, you know, that's like, that felt pretty ripped from the headlines to me. Like, yeah, yeah. You, you don't want people committing suicide when they're playing your game or being kidnapped or just, you know, acting real world weird because of the influence of your product. <laughs> right. In character weird, go nuts, King. In real world weird, uh, we can't be having that. It's funny, though. He's like, he's, uh, I, he makes this kind of point that I feel like came from a better show. Or he's like, what, you know, it's like, what does the press know? They say our game's dangerous. Roller skates are dangerous. Right. And that's like a fucking real point. Yeah. NFL football. It's dangerous. But then he's like, look at the scar on my face. I got it from roller skating. So it's yeah. per- the roller skate thing was personal to him. <laughs> Especially in back in the day, we didn't wear helmets or pads or nothing like that. Shit was dangerous and no one cared about kids dying to concussion. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Gary. The press is <laughs> shit. Uh, so he agrees to help him to keep his game out of the press and apparently owns a stretch limo because he suggests taking a stretch. I'm actually surprised we didn't see them in the stretch limo because they took the effort to rent a stretch limo for this car because that's exclusively how the evil sheiks move around. That's true. They, they, they name drop a stretch limo. and We didn't get to see him arrive in a stretch limo. That so. was there. They brought that to set. That was that belonged to the actors. We're back at the game. Uh, room in the college and for and can you explain to me what's happening here because one of the hot blonde uh-huh. RPG groupies is uh-huh. apparently competently playing the game and at some point she swaps in one of the sweaty literal trolls that's uh-huh. his player class uh, yes. to start playing it and that uh, what is is she just not good is she, is she just a girl and she's not good enough to get past like what what is happening here I think it was a hard part that he, only he would be able to get through. That's Ooh. that's as far as I can deduce. It's it's a wild thing to see someone like abdicate their quarter like that. Uh, I was like it's it's like it's like a big sister little sister kind of thing you do sitting on the couch playing your Nintendo. But <laughs> I don't know. Let her play. Let her fail, dude. Let her fail. Yeah. I should get better. Um. So Norman Fackler enters the room and he creates quite a stir. Like he's right. a celebrity. Um, Everyone knows him on site. Right. And Bill hates this. He says all the kids have brain rot. Uh, Ralph and Bill just can't get over how nerd famous this guy is. And he, they get introduced to the, the aforementioned sweaty troll. And they talk a whole bunch of game shit. And they bow and they do special handshakes. And they do the hokey pokey and turn themselves about. 
and he's trying to ask questions about the game state because apparently if you understand the rules, the way that the way what they're proposing is if you understand the rules of this game at a deep enough level and you understand the topography of the town you're in, right, then you'll understand that like going to the Valley of Snakes would right. be a power station someplace and going to the river of sticks would be a drainage culvert or something. I yeah. I don't know, but he's stymied because the troll just doesn't know enough about the game state. Cause he's not high enough level for him to deduce the exact location of the Prince. Aha. Oh no, actually he does. He's actually the, he he's actually to get enough to deduce the location. I completely got that wrong. It's the opposite. Good fucking deduction. Gary guy guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he got, he gets, some information out of here, but I I do believe there there's specifics that he can't get because a troll wouldn't know. Yeah. Um. So he knows a general area. So he, he says something like, "Is there any place that has power generators?" And he's like, "Oh, there's a power generator and a maintenance tunnel." And he's like, "Let's go there." We'll be back to talk more about why is Mister Feeney a car after this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little. Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And now we're back with more. Why is Mr. Feeney a car? So they head down to uh, Serpent Territory, and they're searching for his Prince Aha, and it turns out he's actually down there skulking around. Question, how long does he have to survive in the sewer tunnels <laughs> before he's allowed to advance a level? Yeah, like, do you have to spend like a day and a night? Yeah, yeah I don't it's, know. Been, it's been at least two days. <laughs> yeah. I hope he brought some uh, power bars or something. Do yeah, these kids have class? Point. The searchers? <laughs> The gatekeeper presumably is hanging out in the fucking sewer culvert all day. Like, oh, my God, I, I, I didn't get this. So um, the timekeeper's also down there escorting Omar's men to try to find him because they took him kidnapped. Uh, and the searchers are down there. Apparently yeah. hadn't got the memo, all this crazy shit. They're just legit playing the game. Uh, Bill runs in Omar's guys. And, of course, they have to exchange gunfire. Right. <laughs> Ralph takes some bullets in his inimitable way. It goes flying after them through the tunnel. And I got to say, the rushing air sound is doing a lot of work on this show. <laughs> Half the time, they don't bother to cut to, like, uh, you, you know, the, the, the green screen or, like, in Like, it's not even green screen. It's probably just rear projection. Uh, they just have him leap off frame, and they play this. Uh, and then they have him leaping onto the frame and crashing into two guys. And that's... <laughs> That's flying. That's flying on this show. Yep. Uh, half the time. It's, um... I mean, they had to make a lot of episodes. <laughs> True. They weren't True. sweating. You know, perfect is the enemy of good and all of that. <laughs> uh, so he slams Omar's dudes against the back of the tunnel uh, and quips, they're going to lose some troll points over this. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Pam still learning the RPG. Ralph is all in his feelings about getting middle-aged. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just how... sitting there on the bed in, like, a hot kimono, too. Jesus. Right. Like, hey, man, if you want to feel young again, 
Uh, anyway. Uh, again, let me see that plus three staff and uh, uh-huh. see if I can uh, mm-hmm. enchant it another level. Oh, you, you failed at your mission. I'm going to bust you down to half naked. <laughs> uh, and he talks a mess about how his youth is these kids' history. Dude, you're like five. Oh, <laughs> yeah, God, it's, damn it's it. really you're bad. Essentially, you're essentially, uh, 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 you could be in a PhD program. Right, like, yeah. Down. Or you could be one of these guys' older brothers, like the same generation. You did four years for Uncle Sam, you know? Like yeah. it's like, come on. You're you're I think you're still culturally relevant, dude. Uh, <laughs> also you have an alien super suit. <laughs> and fight oh, I forgot one of these goofs are that Norman Fackler lost his glasses oh, in the he gets fight a, and the tunnel. He gets them and- shot off. Like shot off of his face. And uh they just they just just leave him down they there. Did they, just, they they leave the pipe tunnels and he's just want like they'll keep cutting to him throughout the episode and it kind of pays uh-huh. off. So there were, uh, we'll, don't worry, apparently there's full supply of food and water down there <laughs> to survive for days and days. I would love to see a HBO cut where he's down there eating rats, like <laughs> stra- stra- straining water through a sand-filled sock that he uh-huh. totally tore off some hobo. Oh god. Um, so, uh, anyway, Bill's at the HBO, uh, the, the FBI, the HBO home office, he's at the <laughs> FBI home office, and he's talking about, again, how these gentlemen are wearing, uh, on their heads, what appears mm. to the casual observer to be a towel, um, <laughs> and he's spitting half-right role-playing game facts to his boss, and his boss just freaks out, accuses him of being a burnout, true, and says, I recorded everything you just said. You got to submit a report to the home office. And you got to write up just like this because yeah, verbatim when I'm done with you, you're not going to have to worry about any more special requests from the State Department. Um, why does this like if this guy's clearing his cases that we think he's clearing? Why does his boss hate him? Like kick, Jealous, sit back, kick up your feet up and ride this ride this steed. You ride the wo- steed to glory. You ever work extra hard? To try and like make your boss look good, and then he gets mad about that because you're actually kind of making him look bad. I think that's what's happening. Ah, hmm, interesting. That's a or he's jealous because, uh, yeah, maybe he's jealous because a guy that works for him has a best friend with an alien super suit. He can't possibly bust the cases wide open that that, <laughs> that Bill can. His friend only has a normal tri- terrestrial medium powered suit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that just scene kind of ends. Um, I guess you're supposed to understand that Bill's worried that he's going to be humiliated because of this. But like, that's not much of a stake in my book. Uh, Pam is starting to figure the game out. She's getting a little bit firmer. It's getting a little bit firmer, Tara, under her feet. Right. Uh, Bill, uh, and she's getting fed up with Bill and specifically shitting on it. And she says the whole problem is we're just under leveled. We're coming here in level ones and we're trying to like understand mm. this like higher level game. We just we just we just don't know what we don't know. Uh, <laughs> because we're, they're on gnome and we're on goblins. And Ralph, with a straight face, says, "We just went goblin. We should have gone gnome." Yes. I. Yeah. This this is the line of the episode. They accidentally invented goblin mode. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, they did. I died. I died laughing. First, they invented trolling, and now they're going full goblin mode. 
This shit was plugged into the future, Jay. Yeah, that's true. I'll be gobbling but all. You know what? I would actually love to see James Gunn's take on this. Like, I would like to see an ultra-violent greatest American hero where his super suit is so strong and he's in such oh, poor control yeah. that he just randomly kills dudes sometimes. Yeah, yeah crushing people's larynxes and flying into random innocent civilians and breaking their spines. Yeah, yeah. Put some boys into the greatest American heroes is what I'm saying. Uh, so Bill's getting antsy. He's feeling like uh, if, if Ralph is feeling like a fossil around these young kids, uh, you can imagine Bill. He feels like petroleum products <laughs> and uh, he wants to start badging people. But Ralph says, no, we need an in. So. I don't. Apparently, his super suit can also grant him godlike video game playing capabilities. No, you think that came from the suit? It's not his natural ability. There's no fucking way this guy's never played a video game. He steps up and he goes full goblin mode. (laughs) Um, I thought this was maybe betraying his actual nerdy past a little bit. Like, oh, I I thought the suit was making giving him unnaturally uh, fast reflexes. Now that you mention it, I think maybe I think maybe you might be right. But we because they're doing well like a sped up camera they're doing yeah. a sped up camera effect on his fingers uh just 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 doing the worst type of button mashing or people that don't know how to play video games but also check out this guy's gamer stance look at this guy's <laughs> full gamer stance it's true he, yeah he is taking control of this console it's, <laughs> god it's like the, the, the penny arcade guys used to make fun of this the, that phenomenon where they would do like gamer based marketing and always be just like way overdone cool <clears throat> kid holding like a mm. controller with like smoke at his feet and like yeah. the video game graphics were blowing his hair back and yeah yeah you know, it's, it's how extreme everything was like this 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 his gamer stance is extreme gamer stance <laughs> well that's um, goblin mode that's goblin mode baby uh a crowd gathers watches amazing play um what what do you think of the game itself it looked boring as hell. I think I would have hated it, and I couldn't tell, like, he was running through bad guys, and it's like, shouldn't you be dying right there? But apparently not. Yeah, it's like, I was trying to get, gauge it by the standards of the day, and it's like, this is kind of like the Atari 2600 adventure with slightly better sprites. It's it's certainly shitty for a, because, like, the arcade games, uh, I actually thought their graphics were sweet. Like, Joust is sweet. Uh, Tempest is sweet. Um, Burger Time, Sweet, Donkey Kong, all, all those things, graphics do exactly what they're supposed to do. I, I love that. But like this, yeah, this is kind of ugly and shit. Not representative like, of the state of the art. Looked like it had an interesting like strategic overview when you were leaving a dungeon and entering a different part of the world. That part looked yeah. kind of cool. Kind of a neat map, a world yeah, map. That's the, the map. thing. It's like there, yeah, it does seem like there was some ahead of, it's like, I don't know. It, it's this weird mishmash of ahead of its time shit and below its time presentation <laughs> uh anyway and below with the information ralph's able to glean from his new celebrity gamer status pam is able <laughs> to map the land out onto the surrounding la country a county rather and she's narrowed the location of the uh uh urchin to three locations and bill continues to be lost and confused by this entire process uh, one of these locations is the L.A. River, and right. Ralph shakily flies 
through the LA River, um, trying to find the gatekeeper. I thought he spotted him uh, when he, I, I saw the gatekeeper's ridiculous hat, but it turns out uh, he and he's there to help the prince escape to, into a drainage tunnel. <laughs> and uh, fun game on day three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you get you, yeah you get you get to come out of the shit the shit tunnel. Yeah, you get the and... Shawshank Redemption experience on the third day. And then you just might as, become a level one necromancer. Yeah, you, you have to crawl through 200 yards of shit <laughs> for your baptism on the other side. Just like all necromancers do. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, so the gatekeeper helps him get away, keeps a lookout, and he runs into Omar. Omar demands to know where they're keeping the urchin. I gotta say, these guys take their role-playing game serious. The evil sheiks roll up with guns, and he's uh-huh. not gonna give them up because he doesn't want to lose levels. That's a fucking role-playing gamer. Yeah, that's, um... Maybe he... Maybe he wants to die all the time. <laughs> it's like, yeah, shoot me, you'll be doing me a favor. True. Uh, sorry, that he's, was dark. <laughs> he's hanging out too much in the suicide steam tunnels. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's the pipes they call to me. Um, so they grab him and kidnap him. An- another kidnapping of a U.S. national. Yeah, this is like uh, by foreign nationals. Kidnap uh, number two. Again, Bill could not be. It doesn't give a fuck. He drops uh, his hat. By the way, check in. A Norman check in. A Norman check in. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Norman's still lost. Norman's still in the steam tunnels. Uh-huh. Completely lost. I'm worried about him. Yeah. Really cannot see without his glasses. Uh, Ralph arrives at the gatekeeper's last known location and, of course, discovers nothing. Um, but Ralph does pick up his hat, and I think this is an evolution of his precognition that was established in the pilot, but he puts the hat on and he's able to see... Right. Visions of what the urchin is seeing... Or he visions of nasty where the urchin hat. is. He puts a hat oh. on that's been resting in the nasty water. Which just recently flowed through the aforementioned <laughs> river of shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he can like look at walls and see important information. I'm not totally clear how that works, even though we saw the episode where that power was introduced. Well, like, he, so he, had barely, he had no control over it. Now it's like it seems like he, he, he like can make a connection because he also earlier in the episode, he refers to hollowing holographing an office for clues. Like he's got like, there's a couple new mysterious abilities. I, I, I they haven't fully explained, um, but he sees his vision, including windmills, gingerbread houses, gnomes and tree houses. And I was like, after a second thing, I'm like, that's a putt putt course, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Same putt putt course, but they I think have the first one. Th- the first one's like a windmill. It's like, Oh, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's many course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And after they get, they think about it for a minute, Pam deduces, oh, it must be the putt-putt in Encino. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we cut just right to, this is an efficient script, cut right to the putt-putt course. What Love a it. funny place for an uh, uh, action scene. I, I like it. It gives me a lot of props to play with. Um, True. What cracks True. me up is that it's like, all right, he's at the putt-putt golf course. And then Bill and Pam get in the car and drive off, and he's like, I guess I'm flying. And they all arrive at the same time, and he sucks at flying. Like, why didn't you just ride with them, bro? I thought the exact same fucking thing. You did not have to do this. 
The prince desperately flees through the putt-putt. This is an objectively hilarious scene. This evil sheik henchman in suits and their kefias just fanning out and running all over this putt-putt. Can you fucking imagine? It's hilarious. That is pretty fun to watch. And there's no customers. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's closed for a private event, the kidnapping of a prince. Uh, that's, that's some forethought by Omar. Uh, so <laughs> Ralph flies in and takes some of the men out, throws them in the water hazards. Uh-huh. He's just wrecking shot. Bill arrives and he's he takes some of other Omar's men at gunpoint. Yeah, uh, he has like cool thumb locks. What the fuck are these thumb, thumb cuffs, cur- man? Thumb kerchief, cur- not thumb kerchief. What do you call those? What do you call the real? I have version? no idea. Um, they go around your wrist. What do you ca- handcuffs? Handcuffs. Yeah, thumb cuffs. I but do they? Why they can't work? Right? You can't thumb. You can't handcuff someone's thumb. It feels like mall ninja equipment. It feels like bondage gear. It feels oh, like some shit you would do oh in some God. kind of kinky situation. I don't know. I huh? refuse to believe that thumb pain can be sexy to anyone. Well, think about other things you could put. Oh. Of, okay. Of that similar diameter right. that uh-huh. could be useful in a in a you know a femdom or some kind of way. <laughs> I get uh, I, I get it now. I think I'm starting yeah. to get it. I I just think it's like guess like thumb cuffs. What the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> thumb cuffs. Uh, he has a burnout. He's a menace. Yeah. Right. I guess this will work on the thumb too. Get uh, get over here. <laughs> it's part of a hand. Uh, so Ralph continues to direct shop. He can he can teleport now. By the way. Right. Just thinks real hard and he teleports. Very powerful. And he um, has telekinesis, which he employs on the windmill. Yeah, because so he shows that Bill has Omar, but Omar's men have a mm. pr- the prince at gunpoint. Uh, but Ralph has his uh, super suit, and as the windmill is rotating, he uses it to snag the henchman by the suit and raise him in the air at a very slow speed. And he could have blown out the prince's brains at any moment. He just chooses not to. He's like, oh, I've been gotten by the wind. I have to drop my gun. Ah. F- yeah. Physically, how did that happen? How did the no, windmill grab him? No, it's impossible. It captures him by his headscarf deal and um, lifts him up. Unless it's maybe some sort of a wedgie situation. But I think physically what's happening is he's under his suit. He's wearing a harness, <laughs> which is then attached to the windmill uh, later. Oh uh, my god, you're right. It's got him by his, his kefia. Yeah, which is pretty offensive. <laughs> Impossible. He just it's popped off pop. his head, yeah. dude. Yeah, He's no. held on by a, 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 a camel hair rope. You have no idea how how secure those are. Maybe, that, maybe. That's why they can't He's... take them off, even though they changed into their like western-style suits. Mm, it's just like the hat just, is stuck really on bit bit bites in bites yeah. in it's a surgical it's procedure to get one of those removed <laughs> like a face hugger <laughs> yeah yeah except um even more strongly attached uh so there is no like resolute like they just stop the kidnapping event and we go right to fbi headquarters and bill's now on board with role-playing games and explaining to all of his agents who are not impressed how he's a fifth level wizard and they're all half elves and (laughs) they need to get their their character and intellect built for this game ralph takes him away from further embarrassing themselves and they take off in the car together 
Uh, I do like and- that in this scene, um, the, I'm sorry, the, uh, it starts with this big group that is explaining it to, and it just slowly dwindles down mm-hmm. as people, re- they're like, ah, you know, forget this. Yeah, as he as he as he shifts his eye contact to another person, that person melts <laughs> into the darkness, and yeah, it's funny. Uh, so he they they take off, and uh, and then then uh, behind the car pulls out of the frame, and the camera's left focused on a sewer grate, and it pushes in and pushes in and pushes in. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. And they play the two thousand and one theme, and you see yeah. this hand grabs a grate, another, and they and then the head appears. <laughs> And it's Norman Fockler, and he laughs in maniacal triumph. Yeah. He's now a sixth-level wizard, everyone. Oh, shit, he got his Gandalf moment. Hell yeah. He defeated he, he the returns Balrog. It, he returns at the turn of the tide <laughs> as, as, as Norman the White. Yes. He's, he's Norman the Dingy, actually. Yeah, Norman the, the skid-marked. He's Norman needing some Dawn soap and Clorox bleach. But bizarrely, but, uh, that is the end. And when you say they play the 2001 theme, you're not kidding. They play that. Da, da, they literally da, do. Da. Yeah. And that's the yeah. end of the episode. It is Rise um, of Man. Bananas. This whole thing was bananas. And uh, again, I can't remember the name offhand. Whoever recommended this to us, um, thank you so much. This was a great call to watch this. Yeah, I think it was somebody in chat, wasn't it? Or did someone actually email us? I can't. It could have been an email. Um, before we get the email, we got a couple of things we need to talk about. Number oh. one, where are mm. you with letter grade improvement? Because we were this, real down. Yeah, this was a huge swing for me. This went from like a D to a a minus <laughs> I, well, I don't know why I'm being so sti- I loved this I don't I, I'm a bad grader I think I refuse to give out A's I'm like that one professor who's like no one gets an A in my class which is just unfair but this I, I think this may have yeah, gone from like a, a D to an asshole. A it's funny it's so funny because my son has gone through all these teachers and yeah. I remember the first time he came home uh, finding out he had a teacher it was like that and he's like what kind this like <laughs> some kind of some kind of bullshit, and I'm like, yeah, dude, it's it's right. It's like they're 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 proving a point and doing a stunt at the cost of your GPA, which has real life effects yeah. on your future. Kind of yeah. kind of an asshole move, you ask me, but I agree fully. But uh, yeah, I I'm gonna say from a D to an A. What do you say? Uh, if this wasn't. So if you take all the role-playing game goofs out of this, this is a pretty fucking stupid episode. <laughs> I, I cannot believe people didn't get bored of watching this guy tumble through the air. And maybe that's why I got canceled after this season. Right. Uh, but, but the dungeons, yeah, like this is, this is a ve- like, this is exactly the kind of stakes and caper that the greatest American hero should be doing. So I'll give it, man, I, I really, I laughed a lot. I, okay. I'll give this episode uh, an A minus. Okay. But I have a feeling if we watched the actual consensus best episode, yeah, we you're would right. have. <sighs> you're we, right. It'd be interesting to do that because I, I don't think it would have seen nearly as much improvement. But fair play. This was a hell of an episode to pick. Yeah. Yeah. I think this was, this was probably an uh, outlier statistically. <laughs> but yeah, it was a fun one. I enjoyed it. Uh, I 
So the other question, well, no, I think that's raising feedback. The other question I think a lot of people have in, in mind is what are we going to do to finish the season? And I would like to suggest that we watch the two-part season two premiere of Knight Rider, oh, Goliath. Yes. Introduction of Michael Knight's evil twin brother, Garth. Garth. I can't believe it's Garth. I am down for that for sure. Are you Garth ready for Knight. David Hasselhoff with a goatee? <laughs> yeah, I've I've been ready. I've been ready for a long time, and I'm I very excited. This, I hope this is fucking cool as I remember, because I remember watching this as a seven-year-old, and I was literally <laughs> on pins and needles. This is the most epic thing I'd ever seen. Holy shit and hallelujah. I hope it holds up, because we'll be in for a good time. If not... You know, we'll rip it, and it'll still be a pretty good close to season two. If any here, yes, I agree. Uh, and then yeah, next step, next week, maybe we'll talk about uh, our loose plans for at season three that we can just throw away and discard and audible <laughs> yep. at the start, uh, like we did this season. Which turned out, yeah. I, I've had a lot of fun. I've had hey, a lot of fun. Hey, we're like Peyton Manning. We call it on the line, man. We gotta, we gotta yeah. read the field. Like uh, we're like Brett Favre. We're just big kid. <laughs> scratching out plays in the dirt just yep. playing backyard football just slinging it just slinging the slinging the podcast beanie at baldmove.com is how you want to send feedback beanie at baldmove.com if you want to get in on this feedback goodness jay where can people find you twitch tv blue underscore j underscore streams on uh youtube i am blue j returns and coffee from t capistan that's 100% to catch a predator content so be forewarned. Did you get did you get your old channel back? No, that is gone. Oh, okay. I guess uh, we said to get Blue Jay returns is my new one. Yeah, Coffee gotcha. from Tkapistan is its own channel now where I exclusively do that program on that channel. Uh, it's yeah. all silly. It's all silly Billy YouTube stuff. Uh, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week for another episode. If you'd like to find out what else we're doing here at bald move, go to who twitter.com slash bald move. Uh, one last time, Feeny at bald for feedback until the next episode. I'm your host, Aaron. I'm Jay McCain. And, uh, Hey Kit, why don't you go ahead and hit the ejector seat? Splash. I'm in the LA river. River of shit. <laughs>